now, but in any of our lives, if there's something that we want that doesn't seem to be manifesting, then that's a little clue that there could be something hiding that's asking for our attention. So that's Mm -hmm. usually what I look at. What do you want? And is it happening or not? And how long have you been navigating this? And also patterns. What's something, something can be random if it happens, you know, one time, maybe two times or occasionally. But when something is repetitive over and over and over again, it's like, what's the common denominator here? Oh, me. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Biz Cush, a life coach and therapist and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hi, this is the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast, and I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, also known as Biz, and I am super excited about today's guest, Carrie Nola. But before we get started, I just wanted to check in. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you're staying healthy and safe, and I hope you and your loved ones are managing in this tough time. But here it is, fall. I can't believe we are here in September and the seasons, you know, it's going to here, at least on the East coast, it's going to start getting chilly and leaves are going to fall. And it just feels surreal somehow that fall is already here and summer's gone. Although probably on the East coast, we'll be feeling like summer for a long time because it's always hot here right through to once it gets cold, but yes. So I hope you're staying well. I hope your family and loved ones are healthy and safe. As I said today, my guest is Carrie Nola. And if you've listened to the podcast more than this one time, you know that I am passionate about working with all of our parts, about loving all parts of ourselves, and really working to get curious and creative and better understanding all the parts of us. And today, that's what Carrie and I are going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the shadow parts as well as the parts that are considered more light or good and how we can learn to love and accept and bring in all parts of us in a caring, compassionate way. And later in the conversation, she is going to pull a card from her Oracle deck, Messages from the Shadow and share that with us. So stay tuned. She does that towards the end of the conversation. So hang in. So as I said, my guest is Carrie Nola, and she is often referred to as the queen of abundance or the shadow mama by her clients. Carrie's superpower is illuminating people's gifts by helping them upgrade their energy and weave their souls with aligned structure. After over a decade of growing her prosperous practice as a licensed psychotherapist, she retired and expanded her work into the realms of best-selling author, podcaster, and founder of the Sacred Soul Circle for Healing Entrepreneurs. Today, she has a global practice mentoring healers, 
as they transmute the energies of fear and doubt into confidence, clarity, and skills to joyfully and abundantly serve. I'm really, really excited to share this conversation with you. So let's jump in. Hi, Carrie, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Elizabeth. I'm so excited that you're here. I know you and I were just talking before we got on and you know, you and I have had some connection through social media, but I also consulted with you briefly years ago, but yes. I feel like I know you even though I don't. <laughs> oh, thank goodness for social media. We can be together even though we're not officially. Exactly. But for listeners who don't know who you are, if you could share a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Sure. So I am a retired psychotherapist. I practiced for over 10 years at my healing center in Florida. And my specialty was helping primarily women to move through complex trauma in their life. Sexual trauma was a particular area of focus that I was very passionate about and doing sex therapy and just holding space for the navigating of those really painful and dark times that can lead to so much transformation on the other side. Yeah. And while I was doing that, I felt really called to more. Like I felt this tug on my heart that like, how can I take this information that I hold with this sacred and small group of women in my practice into the world to make it available to more people. And as I was meditating on that inquiry, what revealed itself was a body of work that I now know as messages from shadow. And mm. when I retired as a therapist, I started helping other therapists and healers be able to get their work out in the world with a particular focus on how we hold the dark stuff in our personal lives and in our businesses. And I feel really passionate about that because it can be really scary. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've published a few books and had podcasts and, but I think at the heart of it, it's like my conversation and my work is really centered around how do we do the hard stuff in a way that is as gentle and healing as possible. Yeah. And so, I mean, you just mentioned the shadow work, the dark stuff, and we so often, literature, all things like, you know, the shadows are the scary places, the darkness is bad, black is evil, right? I mean, not mm -hmm. black people, but the color, but two, I feel bad for, yeah, that, that it, it's so much associated with evil and darkness, but you're telling, I mean, what I understand from your work is that the shadow is just as important as the light and it's something to pay attention to. Absolutely. In my work, I think of the shadow, we're scared because it's the unknown. It's the unknown. It's the unseen. It's the forgotten. And I think our ego is designed to protect us from things that we don't know or we don't think we know or we don't recognize because it senses it as a danger. And mm -hmm. so as we start being willing to relate to the unknown, to bring compassion, to bring light, to bring awareness to those spaces, we start to see that what may have felt like a huge, dangerous, like 
dog, rabid dog. It's just this little chihuahua that's just barking and asking for our attention and our love. I'm so glad this is, we're starting here because I think in order for us to have this conversation, we need to create an opening. Like, why would I even want to do that? What's the value of doing that? Yeah. And when anything's hidden from us, it has more power than it need have, right? So we're the most empowered when we illuminate what's hiding so that it can operate as a part of us, as opposed to separate from us. Right. Yeah. Well, and I I think what's, uh, I guess I've come to learn and part of it is through your Oracle deck, which I, I have the app on my phone, which I love that even, you know, the shadow and the light have almost like good parts and bad parts. And I hate to label them good and bad, but positive and negative qualities, maybe? I don't know. Is that the right way to phrase that? I mean, that that there can be some, I don't know, dysfunction in both, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. So sometimes things that are hiding our gifts and things that we feel afraid to allow to shine, maybe we've been shamed for speaking our truth. And so mm. that would be an example where a gift is hidden in the dark, right? And that as we reclaim that and and take it from the dark into the light, we begin to be more embodied in the sharing of this beautiful part of ourselves that has been hiding. Mm. And things can be hidden in the shadow that, that are painful, like memories that need to be processed or traumas that are hard to remember. And so they're being kept secret or hidden until we have the support, the resources, the courage to face something that's difficult. Also, things that are hidden can be aspects of us that without supervision can act out in a way that could be destructive or detrimental. For example, like shaming, you know, shaming someone or judging someone or misusing our power or our control. And without supervision, that which is hidden can be let loose and can wreak havoc on our lives and on the lives of others. And so I think individually, as we bring light to these dark spaces, we reclaim our gifts, we take ownership of our behaviors that could be hurtful, and then we contribute that to the collective consciousness, which then helps us all to have a better experience. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting I too, in my therapy practice, work with trauma survivors. And oftentimes I would say almost when, I would say in particular with sexual assault, there's a sense for clients to sort of like, I've dealt with it. I've put it aside. I don't want to look at it anymore, which I totally understand, but it can also sort of the hidden shame and trauma that that stays locked there can disrupt sort of the balance within us. And stepping lightly is such a balance, both for the client and for myself, to kind of gently shine a light into those places mm. where the work needs to be done, but too, when holding the light until they're ready, I guess. Definitely. And knowing that 
it is a choice, not always a conscious choice though. Like sometimes these parts of us are whispering for our love and support and illumination and healing. And then sometimes that whisper gets louder, perhaps in a pain showing up or a chronic symptom or a chronic pattern, perhaps a way that something keeps happening over and over again, like in a relationship or like just something that, that doesn't seem to go away. And you can't put your finger on why do I keep attracting this kind of person in my life? Or why am I having these chronic headaches or this chronic back pain? Right? So there's a connection between what is stored in our body that's been unprocessed and how we experience the ease of our life. Right. And that's not often talked about in the mainstream, but I'm grateful for those who are researching this and more and more is coming to light about the cellular storage of our unprocessed trauma and emotions. Right. Yeah. On one hand, you do have a choice of when and how you do that, but with every choice, there is an outcome or a consequence. And so if we wait so long and we refuse to look at this and to show up for ourselves in this way, then we can have discomfort. And that discomfort is usually what is the invitation, often an unwanted invitation, not one we want to RSVP to with much excitement. But there are such gifts and relief on the other side of being willing to take a look at this and having someone like you to support, right? Because doing this alone can be challenging. It's challenging, period. But to have someone that can hold that compassionate mirror and create that safe space to feel like you can lean into these hard spaces makes it that much gentler, maybe I can say. Although it's an intense process, I won't uh, sugarcoat that. No, no, it's true. And for you, most of your work is now done with healers. Is that right? Versus, yeah. Yes. And so if you were working with someone, what are some of your, I don't know what the right word is. What are you picking up on when you're sensing there may be some shadow work that needs to be done? Typically, it's a place of stuckness. Usually, it's, I want this and it's not happening. (laughs) So when I'm helping healers, for example, it's, I want my practice to be more full. I want to be able to support more people or I'm doing all of the quote unquote right things. Like I have my business card and my office and my website and I took out this ad, but like the phone's not ringing or the phone's not ringing with the right people. And so those are usually some symptoms and that's specific to the work I'm doing now. But in any of our lives, if there's something that we want that doesn't seem to be manifesting, then that's a little clue that there could be something hiding that's asking for our attention. So that's Mm -hmm. usually what I look at. What do you want? And is it happening or not? And how long have you been navigating this? And also patterns. What's something, something can be random if it happens, you know, one time, maybe two times or occasionally, but when something is repetitive over and over and over again, it's like, what's the common denominator here? Oh, me. (laughs) So, (laughs) So how could I be, or a part of me be magnetizing this experience just over and over again. And that's a slippery slope because we don't want to use that to blame or to shame ourselves. 
but we want to use that as an avenue for empowerment. Like, what am I capable of seeing or doing or being differently that creates more opportunity for me to have what I want? Yeah. Well, and I love, I think what you said earlier that sometimes oftentimes these parts of us that are either keeping us stuck or beginning to show themselves, I think that sometimes we can look at them as a negative, like, oh, this is a part of me that's keeping me stuck or that I don't like. That's that's my inner critic. I just want it to shut up or whatever. Versus this sort of more open-ended dialogue with these parts of us that maybe they're showing up because something needs to be heard now and we're ready to hear it. Absolutely. It's so easy to section off or orphan, you know, parts of us. And I think too, our internal process is very similar or parallel to our external process or life. So if we're cutting off parts of ourselves, it makes it difficult to accept parts of another. Or if we didn't feel accepted or that parts of us were unacceptable and it kept us from feeling loved or like we belonged or were safe in our earlier years, then we're likely to learn that we need to section off or separate from those parts of us because they're not lovable, which is really an illusion or a distortion. And that's our work as women to come back to ourselves and to find out which parts of us we have separated from because each of them have gifts. And if you ask them, and this is part of this process is to rebuild trust with parts of us that we have disconnected from. So you might ask in a, you know, taking a deep breath and in a meditative state, you know, why don't you want me to have this? Why are you keeping this from us, me? Mm-hmm. And maybe at first you don't hear the wisdom or the answer or the truth, but it's been a long time that that part may have been trying to communicate something to you. And you might need to ask a few times and show your commitment and your willingness to be there. Just like any relationship, it's like if there's been a broken trust, you can't just expect that the person's going to vulnerably disclose their deepest, you know, longing or fears to you, right? Yeah. So you create that inner sanctuary of safety and you might be surprised what you hear. Like if you want a a relationship, for example, and you don't have one and you ask this part of you, like, what are you afraid would happen if we let love in? And this part of you may say something like, I'm afraid we're going to get hurt. No one's ever stuck around, you know, or, or why, you know, can I make the money that I want? Well, I'm afraid I don't trust myself to use it properly. I'm afraid we're we're going to lose it, or I'm afraid Mm. someone's going to take it from us, or I'm afraid I don't know how to set boundaries, or there's so many brilliant ways that well-meaning parts of us operate to try to keep us safe. But what they don't realize is it may not be safe anymore because they don't know the difference between then and now. And that's one of the primary effects of trauma an unprocessed trauma is the body can't differentiate between something that has happened or something that is happening. It's all just now until that record gets paused and we're able to process it out. And then there can be that release and we can differentiate more appropriately to the right now moment. Yeah. And being a trauma survivor, which I'm very open about that 
I can remember for years in relationships sort of feeling as if I was always, you know, 16. Like I was like, I'm, I just don't ever feel like even in my thirties, I was like, I just don't feel like a grown up. And through the work that I've done, sort of stepping more into how old I am, which I'm turned 60 this year or last year has allowed, you know, and I've processed a lot of the trauma, but I I feel more at home in myself having done the work of letting them know like, no, we're not there anymore. We're here where we are now and we're safe of, you know, I, I'm still actively working on lots of my parts. (laughs) As am I. (laughs) Welcome to humaning, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a lifelong journey. But so, as you said, so much of, I think, for me, the shadowy parts, the parts either that I've exiled or discarded or tried to ignore, will show up physically. You know, I, I struggle with anxiety. It's gotten better, but that's one of my little signals is, you know, chest tightness and feeling anxious and not really sure what's happening and recognizing, okay, something surfacing. And for years had lower back pain that I just didn't, it was always like that psoas, like always there and something I always had to be mindful of. And that took a lot of different forms of healing to where I can now say most of the time, it's really good. But when you're you're working with someone where there are physical symptoms like headaches or anxiety or panic attacks even, right? How are you helping those clients to, or your, yeah, the healers to kind of explore what's Mm -hmm. happening for them? I love that question. And I love your awareness of the opportunity to even use those symptoms as an entry point, because I think what we're discovering is the immense connection between mind, body, and spirit. And so much I think of psychotherapy and the mental health field has been about cognitive healing, right? Which is an incredible part of the healing process. And we know more now that it's not the only part and it is required that we work with the body and the somatic experience. And that really that's where the sustainable healing is because the energy is what fuels our neurology, which fuels our body, which fuels our emotions and our mind. So the mind is only capable of thinking thoughts that are fueled by a certain quality of energy. So Hmm. if we just work in the mind, we're a bit limited, right? So when I am working with someone who has a particular experience of sensation, pain, or uh, anxiety, I use that as a portal. So this is the body signal to us that something is needing attention. And so I would invite a deep breath and with a frequency of curiosity, asking that sensation, you know, what it would like us to know. And this can take a great practice. It's a very uh, sacred ritual of getting used to relating to our body as a teacher and as a keeper and holder of very deep wisdom. Mm -hmm. And before we take a pill, which I'm not opposed to, there is a time and a place to get relief quickly and to, you know, 
But if we keep doing that over and over again, it's kind of like turning the check engine light off in the car. It doesn't mean the engine's functioning properly. It just means you've disconnected the wire, right? So you can trick yourself and or you can let those symptoms and sensations teach you and show you, which doesn't just happen one time. It's just like a child. You don't just tell them one time that we brush our teeth at night or that we need to tie our shoes before school or that you can't play with fire. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> over and over again, as the conscious supervising adult, you show up over and over again and you ask the questions and you hold still and wait mm. and hold the space for the wisdom. And I think that can be some of the hardest part of this work for our clients, but for myself too, that that consistency, the showing up, the openness, the reminders of like, I'm still here. I'm still looking. I'm still asking. I'm still getting curious versus like, why isn't this done? I want this to be healed or whatever, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And loving that part too, saying, yeah. I see you. I see that you're over this. This sucks. This is hard. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. So you don't also, we want to be mindful not to exile or ignore that part too. It's a part of the process. So I yeah. think of it as, well, we're women here. So I think of it, if you think of yourself as a queen, you're guiding your queendom. You are, you have oversight of the elements of your life, including the the people in your life. And if you think of yourself as sitting on a throne, the reason for that is so you have the sight that you need to see everything that's going on. So I like to think of this as sitting on the, the throne of self-leadership. Like, can you sit high enough in your own psyche, in your own experience, so that you can be an observer and a witness of everything going on without getting caught or stuck in it where your sight is limited and you begin buying into illusions and distortions and stories that are true and real for a part of us. But it's like being on floor one of a building and thinking that that's the only view. But then you get in the elevator and you go to the penthouse and wow, there's a whole nother story that's just as true. So we don't negate the truth of parts of us, but we also don't take it as truth with a capital T because there is a higher truth that with a different viewpoint, we could actually access and have a more holistic perspective and opportunity to heal from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of that wiser part of ourselves, sort of gazing down on all the parts that want to just, I don't know, sometimes want to take over, but also just want to be heard. Yes. So I feel like I know I initially sent you all kinds of questions and we've just followed the conversation, which I love. That's so much more organic to me. But I do want to talk about your Oracle deck too, because one, I don't know that all the listeners know what an Oracle deck is and how it can be used in healing and how strangely profound they can be, I think. Like, I have a couple of different ones, but anyway, I would love to have your insight into yours, but also just kind of if you felt comfortable explaining what an Oracle deck is and the purpose of them. Sure. So 
I love this conversation because I think there's a lot of myths and misperceptions about resources like this. Mm-hmm. They can be deeply spiritual and they can be used from a very, what some might call woo-woo perspective, right? If mm-hmm. that is your orientation and you play in that space, that's wonderful. And there can be those explorations and uses of these resources. But at the base level, I think of Oracle cards as a mirror, as an opportunity to show us something that we may not be aware of in the present moment. So it's like a way that our our inner self, our energy can reflect us back to something that we need to see or are ready to see. Mm. And so the messages from Shadow Oracle deck that I created is a way to see the things that are commonly hiding in the dark. Certain feelings like shame or fear or grief, but also certain behaviors like addiction or control or power, ways that we are engaging with that ourselves, or we're on the receiving end of mm-hmm. those things. So at the base level, it's just a way to see something that we may not have access to with our conscious mind. And since I talked about energy before, you know, we are all energetic. It's like if you take an EEG for your heart, the reason that that works is we're pulsating an energetic frequency from our system that can be measured, yeah. right? And so as you hold the cards and you set an intention or you ask a question, it allows your energy to guide you to select one that would be insightful and empowering for you. Mm. Yeah. So I know you said you have your deck there. I do. (laughs) Can we play with it? Can we? (laughs) Yes, we can. Yes, we can. I'm going to shuffle. So so many ways to to use it. Do you have, do you have a sense or a desire today? I know you've played with it already. So Yeah. Um, Since energy doesn't know time and space, no matter when you're hearing this, you can feel how this message is relevant in your life now. So let's ask what would the listeners of the show benefit from what's prioritizing for healing for them. Mm. And so the first card that emerges is victim mentality. Wow which I love. I'm going to show it to you and maybe we can put it in the show notes. So you'll see this purple color and each of the shadow energies also correlate with clearing in one of the major chakras or energy centers in our body. And this clears in the the third eye or the crown chakra. So that space between our two physical eyes or the crown at the top of the head, which reminds us that we are are more powerful than we realize or remember. Mm. And so when we feel like we're being victimized, we want to honor the part of us that feels wronged or victimized. And we want to process that and absolutely move through that very real experience. And then there's an opportunity to transmute that energy by acknowledging that we are calling in experiences in order to evolve as very courageous beings. Mm. And it's hard to be fully empowered in our life when we believe we are victims of some things, but not of others. We do have to reach a point evolution where we realize that we are co-creating our experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's tough. And it's a perspective. I don't need you to think about it this way. I invite you to imagine if you were co-creating your experience, how much more powerful do you feel when you imagine that losing your job, while you may have felt very victimized by that, that that could have been happening for you and even by a part of you that knew that that was necessary for you to have an experience and to reclaim a part of yourself so that you could have the next experience that you were meant to have. Mm, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think about just relationship dynamics too, where, and and not that anybody should ever be in an abusive relationship. And I'm, I'm not really talking about that, but for me in a relationship where there are times that I feel like a victim, but the, the, the part of me that takes on that role is the part of me that says it's better to stay quiet. It's better to hide. It's better to not speak up versus, oh, I could say that hurt my feelings or I don't know, don't talk to me that way or whatever it might be. So that there's a more, a less victim, victimized feeling in that interaction, even if it's not that healthy, I can speak up for myself, I guess, versus run and hide. That's a beautiful example, Elizabeth, of you standing in your power and realizing that even though this happened to you, very real choice that someone made to do something to you, to say something to you that was hurtful, that you have a right See, a person who's feeling victimized or believing that they're a victim gives up their rights, right? They don't believe that they have any rights. They forget how powerful they are. And we all do that. This is part of the human experience. This isn't something that we extinguish. We work on one time and we forget it. It's like over and over again, where am I forgetting my power? Where can I take my power back? How can I speak up for myself? How can I clarify what I need and what I desire? How can I set boundaries? How can I discern who and what I want in my life that is healthy versus toxic or healthy versus, you know, wounded or wounding. And you, I want to share because the cards have a guide booklet. And so I want to just read from the victim mentality card, this healing. So it says, now is the moment to get curious about where you are buying into the illusion of being powerless. Remember feeling powerless and being powerless are two different things. So we're not diminishing the feeling, but we want to watch for the illusion of being powerless. Are you willing to see where you are abandoning your power in a situation or relationship that you're inquiring about? This card uses is here to gently remind you that everything in your reality is energy that you called forth consciously or more likely unconsciously to support your awakening. You are being supported and taking full responsibility for yourself right now, including all of your own choices and circumstances. Be mindful of compassionately transitioning back to your power rather than harshly blaming yourself or others. And here's a healing mantra that you can check in with yourself to repeat if it resonates. I am worthy of waking up to my full power and the purpose of every experience I call in to support my expansion. Mm. Nice. Yeah. It's lovely. Oh, so 
Yeah. I hope that you can marinate in that as you listen and take the pieces that fit, throw out the ones that don't, you'll know what's for you. And particularly one of the ways that shadow shows up is by quickly saying, that's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Not mine. I don't want it. So sometimes resistance can be fear, can be our ego wanting to push something away that could have resonance. And sometimes resistance is also wisdom. And sometimes our shadow is wisdom. So it's not, it's very nuanced. So my invitation is to get in deep relationship with your body, your knowing that way, as different things come up, you know, the difference between how your wisdom reveals itself in your body versus how your wounds reveal themselves. Mm. Am I a no to this because I'm using my discernment from wisdom or am I blocking this? And am I a no to this because I'm feeling wounded and I'm scared to engage or I don't trust myself? Yeah. You have a right to know that. And this kind of inquiry puts you in a position to uh, be more empowered as you go through life and make different decisions. Yeah. I think one of the, I think one of the, I guess, lessons or whatever, one of the parts I've gotten to know better is my inner skeptic that wants to sort of, ah, that's not for me or they're full of hooey. I don't, you know, I don't believe that stuff or whatever it is, you know, they're, just minimizing others in a way that's, that's, I am recognizing now had been a sort of protector, like keep me shielded from this. I don't want to let this in, but working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Me and you both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful that you even have a relationship with that part of you and the liberation that comes from you being able to just ask those questions and be curious about, I mean, curiosity, if you were to cultivate any skill in life, any quality, uh, right? (laughs) I mean, yes, yes. Curiosity, An energy of curiosity. With, yeah, with, yeah, and being creative in that curiosity, as you said, whether you're, yeah, using an oracle deck or you're meditating or whatever, or using artwork, whatever it is, to kind of do that curious exploration. Yes, and not just taking things at face value, one way or the other. Being curious, maybe you know, I say that a lot. Maybe <laughs> you know, maybe that person meant to hurt me, but maybe they didn't maybe this, maybe um, so many things we open to possibility and that's where our energy is free and liberated. When we say, maybe I'm curious, Mm. I'm open. One of my prayers or meditations is show me, you know, show me the truth. I'm Mm. open to seeing the highest truth for me, for them. If it involves someone else, like I'm available to be a, a vessel of truth, but we have to be open to that. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I so appreciate your coming on the podcast today and exploring all of this. Yeah, all the parts and the the importance of really being present with all of us. I, I think that's that's such a lovely message. And I would like people to know how to find you if they were curious about your work and maybe working with you if they're healers. Absolutely. So the best place to find the cards, either the physical deck, you can also download a free reading on my website if you want to play with them a little more. And then it's also an app on iTunes and Android. That's at messagesfromshadow.com. And that will take you right to that particular page of my website. 
And then that will also land you on my website where you can find information about my uh, programs and events and mentorship for healing entrepreneurs. Nice. Awesome. Well, Carrie, I so, so appreciate your being here and I'll have to figure out how to include the the card in the show notes. So I will work on that with you, maybe just taking a screenshot or something, but yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's figure that out. I would love for everyone to be able to see the image and be able yeah. to use it for support. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Well, is there anything coming up in your world that you would like to promote or share for listeners or just how to find you? Yes. I have started texting abundance inspirations. And so if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram and that's the best way to stay in touch with me right now, I'm having so much fun just sharing encouragement and inspiration as it relates to upgrading our abundance frequency and really living an empowered life. And so I can, let's see. Yeah, that's on my Instagram at Carrie underscore Nola. And then I can also give the give the number. I'm trying to find it here because I don't have it memorized yet. It's so new. We're having so much fun with it. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. uh, you can text more please to 619-586-6883. If you awesome. would like that. No spam, just love and encouragement. I was tired of emails. I felt like they get lost in everyone's email boxes. And so Mm -hmm. I, this was the next inspiration. We're having fun with it. Very cool. Very cool. I will include that in the show notes and yeah, that's so great. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited that this is available and I'm honored to be a part of it. Awesome. Oh, I just love Carrie so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to her. She and I have crossed professional paths. I reached out to her at one point early on in my business, just working to try to grow and better understand some of my own blocks and how to really grow my practice. And here we are, however many years later, and the therapy practice is full. And I'm launching or have launched the new coaching business. So that's very exciting. And it's been fun to watch her growth and her journey moving from her therapy business into coaching and honoring and helping healers. So what did you think about the Oracle card reading? I really, I don't know if that's too woo-woo for you. I hope you got something out of it anyway. I really enjoy tarot card readings. I like Oracle decks. I have a couple myself. My sister gave me an amazing one done by a female artist out on the West Coast that I really enjoy as well, which I'm forgetting off the top of my head what that one's called, but I hope you got something out of that. The tarot or Oracle card deck that I was referring to is called the Mother Peace Tarot card deck. And it is by Karen Vogel and Vicki Noble. And it's a very sweet, uh, they have a little book and the cards and they're round and I don't know, it's very compact and easy to carry around and I really enjoy it. So you can check that out. I'll, uh, if I can find a link for it, I'll share that in the show notes as lo- along with Carrie's uh, messages from the shadow, which is an app you can get for your phone. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you want to know more about the podcast or me, you can go to awakenyourwisewoman.com or elizabethcushcoaching.com. Either one of those will get you to my website and there are links to my therapy website there too. So you can find all of me there. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope that you take some time to take care of yourself and listen to your shadow parts. And I look forward to connecting with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.